Alrighty. So today, I want to talk. So I'm not so prepared as normal. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Romans chapter eight. I'm going to talk about living by God's spirit. Living by God's spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So I want to look at that because God's taught me a lot over this is the last little time about living by God's spirit. And I want to try and help and teach you in your Christian walk to live by God's spirit. Um, because then you don't fulfill the desires of your sinful nature. So that's really the secret of the Christian walk, living by the spirit. Now, when I have heard that all the time, no one can tell you what it is because it's something you haven't experienced before you get saved, born again. And so it's something you have to learn <laughs> another world. So I'm still learning what it is to live by God's spirit. And some of the things I know now, I wish I knew earlier on in my Christian walk. So we're going to have a look at that. Let me just waffle for a little bit, all right? Just a little bit. Last week, last week we talked about the spirit of this world that is in Babel, came through from the dispersion of Babel, and it's in the whole world. So we see last week we we're looking at how the cities of the world, the ideas that are in the world, in the cities, and the, the pride of man, and man accumulating wealth and a name, making a name for himself, and... Um, power and all these things we looked at and realized that these this is the spirit of this world i want to ask you a, a question just to think on when we refer to the spirit of this world and the spirit of god what is spirit just chew on it for a minute Not really, not really, but throw out, doesn't matter if you get it, if it's not what I want or spirit. If, if you are filled with the spirit of this world, what, what comes out? Desires. Desires. All right. So you've got desires. Um, all right. Why, when you look around and go, what does the spirit of this world look like? Pride. Pride? All right. How does, let, let me break it down. There's pride. How does pride show itself? <laughs> uh, self ambition. Self ambition? Greed. What's that? Greed, Greed yeah. It's all, that's the key to it in everything. It's putting yourself first. So it doesn't matter what angle you look at, it's putting yourself first. It's, it's pride. Um, self is, is central. So this is a spirit. So if we were to look at the spirit of this world, the spirit of Satan in this world, we are, oh, it's evil. But the biggest thing of the spirit of Satan is everywhere around us, in us, Everywhere we touch, every person you come in contact with, the spirit of this world, Satan, is actually working, the Bible says, in all the children of disobedience, of which we were 
at one stage part of that kingdom. So a spirit, you go, we look, we're evil spirits, demons. You know, hang on a minute, let's just break it. Look, realize that there is, when we talk about spirit coming through somebody, um, if, a, if, I am, if I am displaying something that is from a spirit, is all the characteristics of that being. And we look at Satan as being, oh, he's evil. I'm not like him. <laughs> but you realize that when we're talking about the spirit of this world, it's all of his characteristics coming through our beings. And not just one single being. It's when a, a group of people work through the same spirit, there's something operates. When a country works through the same spirit, something operates. When a, a business works through the same spirit, something is operating. And so we're going to see that there is something operating in all of us and it is a display of all these characteristics which we don't sort of think, hang on a minute, Satan's personality, person, his the things he desires are coming through. Flick straight back to the beginning. When he tempted Adam and Eve, what did he tempt them with? You will be like God. What is the center of it all? Self-pride. So everywhere you see pride, what do you see? Every expression of pride that fills the entire world that we live in is the expression of not Adam, it comes through from a spirit, all right? Now, if we switch that over, that displayed all in our world in different cases, and we switch that over and we go, if, if a person is filled with the spirit of God, if someone's filled with the spirit of God, or a group of people is filled with the spirit of God, what comes through them? It's desires, yeah. The, list them off, list them off. You're right. La, suffering, kindness, etc. Or something or other. That's pretty good. Well done. All right. So when they, when, when a person is full of God's spirit, everyone, I, I, when I grew up, it's to see someone full of God's spirit. Oh, they've got power. They've got power. It's like, no, no. It's not someone who is full of God's power. It's, it's the, what does 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says? Even though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and don't have what? Love. Love ha what's it profit? Nothing. Nothing. If I work all miracles, if I work prophecy, if I have all these power things and I don't have... What's it worth? Nothing. So when somebody is full of the Spirit of God, instead of looking at it and going, oh, guy's got power, strip it back and go, 
when Jesus is full of the Spirit of God, when people are full of God's Spirit, it exhibits itself in something that flows out, which is to do with your... Hmm, sort of, it comes from the desires. Now, what if somebody, if the, if the one thing that illustrates God's Spirit is love, what does love do? What's love's focus? Others. It's the opposite of pride. Love goes to the others. And this is what I want to say to everyone here in this home group. I've been doing home groups and church and stuff for close to probably 30 years now. And I haven't had a home group like this home group. And I'm not buttering you all up. I haven't had a home group. This, there's something special happening with this home group. Because I look and I see um, people who, there's a spirit. There is a spirit that is amongst the people. Now, don't think that it comes from you. <laughs> don't, really, don't think, well, oh, I'm, I've got, no. It's when God works amongst a group of people and puts his spirit, something flows out that's really, really good. And You've heard um, Tamsin's testimony the other day, and you look at it and go, oh, "Man, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I had an encounter with God like that." And you realize God's spirit manifests itself Himself differently. In Tamsin's life, you look at it and go, "Whoa!" You can just see something coming out of her. Something has happened inside of her heart, and you're going. Whatever that is, that's the Spirit of God. You can just look at it. Now, but I look at around and she comes in and the other week she said, listen, I look at you guys and I'm jealous because she's also seeing, what's she seeing? She's seeing the Spirit of God, which is love, joy, and these things flowing out of people. And I want to say, listen, everyone, God, what God is doing amongst us. Guard it. How do you guard that sort of thing? Well, what do you watch out for? If, if, um, what do you watch out for? I'll throw it and I'll direct you. What do you watch out for? Infighting. Infighting. All right, fighting. Where does fighting come from? What does the Bible say for the root of fighting? In self. It's about what I want. And it, it displays itself in different ways. Um, what are some of the other things that come in that, that ruin the, God's gossip? gossip? Jealousy. Jealousy. Absolutely. What was that, Rap? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so... They're the things you guard against, all right? They're the things, they're certain things that you guard against. And I want to then, there's other things that you seek to promote, all right? Now I'm going to say something here. I want to just, I just thought about this just recently. I want to throw this out. Be very careful amongst us. I find that where you have friendships, where there's purity between in friendships, Purity in heart towards one another. Purity in what you say one towards another. And you're, you're looking out for the good of others. That friendship is valuable and becomes treasured. All right? 
And that's what you've got to aim to like maintain purity in friendships. There may come a time in this group that uh, two, girl, two guys might like one girl. That could be a very big reality. Is it going to create, could be jealousy, could be whatever, anger. anger. <laughs> it could be all those things. There could be two girls like one guy in this group. It's quite a, quite a big possibility in this group. And if we... No, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, uh, not thinking of anything. Um, so I, what I'm saying is, is I want this, this home group to continue on in the spirit that it has begun in. And I find it a wonder, looking and enjoying. I love this home group. It's just a delight to be here. You, just coming in and all that noise going on and everyone, I see that as much the Spirit of God as our prayer time and our singing time and our Bible lesson time. It's... I want you to see the Spirit of God as something far more than what just happens just in our little, when we got the Bible open. Keep at it, guys. Keep that hunger, desire to please God and to love one another. Ask God for his help too. All right, let's have a look. Um, Romans chapter 7. If you've got your Bibles, can, can you open up there? Romans chapter 7. I'm gonna I'm gonna get people to start reading. Oscar, I'll start with you from my right. Why not? Can you start from verse fourteen? Uh, chapter seven of Romans. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Okay. 
Wow. All right. I want to try and explain something so you can see clearly what is taking place in you. You have, if you are a born, if you are born of God, you have two births. You have two births and you have two creations. All right. You have an old creation and a new creation. You have a birth that's natural and a birth that's spiritual. All right. What birth, what birth am I looking at when I'm looking at all you people here right now? What birth am I looking at? I'm looking at a natural birth. That is, I am Ian Nicholson. That's my physical, natural birth name. All yours. And this is the body that I got when I was born. Now, when Paul says, I find in my flesh, there's no good thing. Which creation, which, which birth is he referring to? His natural one. So he's looking, here's the great Apostle Paul looking at himself in the mirror and going, there is not one, not one good thing in that Paul, Saul, whatever his first name was. Not one good thing. Not even like a little bit of good. There's not one bit of good in my birth that I got from my parents. Now, when he says there's nothing good, who's doing the assessing? If I was to ask you, is there anything good in you? You'd probably say, yeah, of course there is. Of course there is. There's some good in me. So if, who's, who's inspiring Paul to write the Bible? God's Spirit. So that body. So this person called Ian Nicholson has got a sin full, full nature. So when God looks at me, he doesn't go, oh, Ian's really good. He goes, Ian's full of sin from the tip of his toe right to the top of his head. His mind, everything is full of sin, which Ian is actually full of self. I got it from Adam, my original father. All right. So in this body, nothing good. All right. So what's that other birth then? What's the new creation? Where does it come from? All right, it comes from God. We call it, you have to be... You have to be born again or born of the Spirit. All right. Yeah, yeah, read it out. Yeah. So, flesh gives birth to flesh. So, your mother and your father, your mother gives birth to flesh. Who is 
the birth giver. Who is the one who gives birth to what we call the new creation or spirit? Who's the one who gives that birth? Well, it comes from a father. You must be born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is the one that you must be born of Him. Now, if I had a, if I had a picture of our family and had Jai in the, in the picture and uh, his mum and dad in the picture, you go, there, that is the son born of those two people. Now, I want to pull out the picture of what you can't see, that when somebody's born of God's spirit and I pull out this new creation and I go, well, there's the child. There's the creation that is being born. That's the child. What do the parents look like? Who are the parents? Who is the one? Who's, who's that new creation's father, first of all? All right, so when you're born of God's Spirit, <laughs> when you're born of God, God is your Father, and the one who gives you birth is the Spirit of God. So the, God the Father is the Father, and the one who gives you birth is the Spirit of God. So you're going to mention what came in the Spirit of the birth? What did you say? Mention it. Go for it. You don't have to. No, go for it. No, no, it's it, it was crazy because she'd come forward for prayer on Sunday, right? On the Sunday, I asked if anyone wanted God in their life. Now, I wasn't sort of inviting Jesus into your heart. It was if you want God to come and work in your life, and and it was a little bit of quietness in church, just silence, and then Tamsin said. Can I come out and be prayed for? And I said, of course. And she said, I said, what do you want? And she said, I want more of what I already have, which I think is just absolutely awesome, right? And I'm like, oh, this is just so cool. So she comes out and uh, just a delight just to pray and ask God, God, give her more of what she already has, what you've already given. Now, while we use that as an illustration, I want you to understand something. You can't get, you cannot work this Christian life out yourself. It's not possible. You've got to be a child always asking God for the, for the things for this Christian life. Instead of thinking, I've got to work this Christian life, I've got to make it happen. Listen, give up. Really, give up. You're not going to, it's not going to work. In fact, you're going to go 20 years down the track, throw it and go, this, this Christian life is just too hard. I can't do it. I just, of course you can't. It's not even possible. The only person who can do it is the Lord Jesus Christ. The only person. So you're going to need all the help that comes from God the Father, God, the Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus to walk this Christian life. So you're going to be a, if you're going to be a, a, a Christian, you're going to have to be someone who's constantly asking God. God, give me. 
God, and that's not selfishness. That's not self-centeredness. That's realizing I need, I need, I need. And it's God, give me. God, give me. So, Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Tamsin rings me the next day after we prayed. She rings me. I'm working out in the patch and she's just all alive. She's like, I've got to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. Oh, okay, okay. And I love it. It's just one of my great delights to talk with people to see how God is actually working in their life. I've, I just love, it's like you get a window into what God's doing, all right? So she's like, oh. She was doing this course with music down at um, down in Brisbane. Oh, you know, I realised you get all these chords, and with every single note that you play on the instrument, there is a perfect resonance. And and until you get that perfect resonance, it's discord. And then she said, but then you get several notes together that is called a chord, and when every note is in their perfect pitch, it is called harmony and she said this is what my life has been my life has been full of notes that are all out of not not in perfect pitch all out of court and then it's it's like my whole life and but she said when God comes into your life all the notes start going in perfect pitch and then there's there's harmony and she's she's just full of revelation so this is just bubbling bubbling out of her and she's just like and she's just going on and on about music and I'm just like wow that is just awesome and then she's like oh I've got to tell you something else I'll tell you I haven't told anyone else this yet they might think I'm mad she said you know how we've family such a big thing with God you know the family on earth and I mean she this is somebody who knows next to nothing right about God you know how you know you've got a mother and you've got a father and you've got children yeah yeah all right well well and it's God's design she said well maybe maybe God knows created family because he is a family he knows family he made family based on the Godhead I'm like, yeah, okay, what do you think? Well, do you know how there's God the Son, that's the Lord Jesus, and you know how there's the Father? Well, the Spirit is the, it's the Mother Spirit. And well, as soon as you hear Mother Spirit, do you know what, do you know what you hear? It's, it's like all the new age, you know, it's like, I was like, you know, it's like, hang on a minute, just take a step back. She's just expressing herself just as she sees. She's just like, and I'm like, she says, you know how our mother gives birth? The spirit gives And I'm looking, I'm like, fair income. <laughs> you know, like, what? <laughs> you know? And, um, and I told, hey. That's right, comforter, comforter. Um, and you look, and she was just mentioning their certain characteristics. She said, when I went through those seven days of coming off um, heroin, she said, it felt like I was just being carried like a mother just caring for her child. And I just looked at her and go, see, getting back to it, it's, it's you realize that when the Spirit of God comes into it's what we, and I said to her, that's right, I said to her, I said, what did we pray for yesterday? I said, we prayed for more and look what today is. And she was just, oh, just love. And 
excitement just oozing out of her. Now, that's what we're talking about. God gives birth to someone. It's somebody's being given birth and suddenly the desires of the Spirit of God, the things God desires, start coming out of a person's and you see it coming out of their life. And this is where we've got to get back to simply asking. You go, God, I want your spirit in my life. And uh, I, uh, the last, don't know how long, almost a year, I've set aside Saturday. I go, I'm going to just take Saturday off, like the Bible, you know, like a rest day. Not to do anything. I'm going to just take the morning off and I'm just going to put my music on, Christian music, stuff that I think is just full of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God, I want your spirit. I want your spirit. Now, I have seen this last year is the best year of my life because I have seen God's spirit in just working. And so I would encourage you, all of you, ask God, I want your spirit. I want your spirit. I want your spirit. And don't think this way, all right? I'm going to get down. I'm going to ask God for his spirit. I want your spirit. I want your spirit. I want your spirit. You know, you, you pray that, but then you go, this is how God works. I had a friend say to me, Ian, I know how to be full of God's spirit. The Bible tells you. It says, speaking to yourself in Psalms hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord. I thought, that's it. So to be filled with God's Spirit means you put on your music that your is full of God's Spirit and you start to sing. You start to think about God. You, you begin to pray, you ask God for His Spirit. But then what I've noticed in my own life is I'll ask Him and nothing apparently happens when I ask Him. I'm there, I'm having a, oftentimes a wonderful time just with the Lord, but it's not like, whoa, where's, and I, I, in, in the past, I've sort of expected, I ask, God gives straight away. <laughs> and it doesn't happen like that. I ask, and then over the next few days, over the weeks, over the coming times, God's Spirit works in people's lives around me, and I love it, I love it. So ask for God's Spirit. Ask, ask. What's the verse that says, ask, seek, and knock? What's that one? What? Uh, ask, seek, knock. Matthew? Yeah. What does it sort of say? Ask and what? And you will receive. Yeah. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So for everyone who asks, what? Receives. And he who seeks, Finds, and he who knocks, the door will be open to you. Then he goes on and he says, your earthly fathers know how to give you good gifts even though they're evil. Won't your heavenly father give you... Do you remember what he says? What's the heavenly father going to give you if you ask him for it? No. Did say greater gifts? No. Spirit. He says, won't your heavenly Father give you the Holy 
spirit if you ask him. Now think about it. How we complicate our Christian walk. We make it, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to. Look in the mirror. Is there anything good in this flesh? Paul says, no, it's not. So you're going to need the Holy Spirit in order to walk this Christian walk. All right. So that's what we've got to see. Now watch how it works. It's ask and it's an ask and keep on asking. Now watch how it is asking different to seeking. Tell me what you see the difference between asking and seeking. Seeking is more active. Absolutely. So it's, it's just lifted a level, hasn't it? It's gone, you ask. I ask God for his spirit. But to seek God means what? It's to go after him. I know what I want. I know and I've tasted what it is to have the Holy Spirit. And I want more of what I've received. That's seeking. And then what's knocking? What's the difference between knocking and keeping on knocking? It's insistent, isn't it? If someone's at the door and just knocks and knocks and knocks and there's someone just knocking, 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 it's, just, it's like an insistence, like the phone ringing. You've got you to answer it, you know? That's what God wants us to press in for. For what? For his spirit. For his spirit. That's what he wants us. All right. Throw out questions if you want to throw out. Getting back to our Romans chapter 7, and if you've got Romans chapter 8, we'll just start reading into there in a minute. In Romans chapter 7, Paul says, In me there dwells no good thing. So it's in this flesh. So this flesh in Ian, I am battling today at however long that I've been born of God, I am still battling this, this body. How long am I going to battle for? Till I die. Just who wrote this? Who wrote Romans, the book of Romans? Who was the guy? Probably the greatest Christian ever. The greatest Christian. And he's telling you, there's nothing good in me. There's nothing good. Paul, how, how old were you? How, how many years had you been a Christian now? You're in prison. And he's like, there's nothing good in me. And he's going, there is something at work in this body that wants to sin all the time. And so he tried a certain way to be a Christian. I am going to do good. I'm by the law. As in, I know what's good here, so I am going to keep it. I'm going to do it. How many of you run your Christian life this way? <laughs> I'm going to be good. I'm, I'm going to get a control of my thoughts. <clears throat> they run away on me. They, 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 they're, they're wrong. I'm going to get a control. I'm going to just say, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to think that way. As soon as you keep on saying no, 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 what are you going to constantly think on? The thing. <laughs> the, thing, the thing you don't want to think on. This one, it's just crazy. And so Paul's going, I find that when I want to do good, evil's where? Right there. Right there. So he's saying as a Christian, oh, oh wretched man that I am. All right? So every one of us, I can tell you that when God, when you try and live your life a certain way as a Christian, you are going to find, if you look 
beneath the surface. This is where a lot of Christians just ignore what beneath is, what actually goes on. Is it evil? Was it good or not? Just best to just ignore it. Then you don't have to be bothered by what's going on inside. I'm being sarcastic there. As in, if we're going to be delivered from sin on the inside, our thoughts and the desires that are... We've got to recognise one thing, that this body doesn't change. Okay? That's hard for a Christian to come to terms with, that my body is going to have sin in it and desires in it until I die. So what does Paul cry out? Oh, wretched man. I've got, but he says, I delight after the law, after God's, after God. What part of him? What did he say? Which part of him? Do you remember? His spirit, his inner being. He says, I desire. So the inner man, before we go to the next chapter, I want to ask you again, who gave birth to that inner being, that new creation? Who gave birth to it? The Spirit of God. Here's your second question. Think closely. What is given to us? Is it, um, what, what is this new creation that we have? Who do we receive when we get a new creation? Do we receive anyone? We receive God's Spirit. We receive the Spirit of Christ. And the Bible says... It's the Spirit of... Otherwise you're absolutely ruined. So on the outside, I have the nature of Adam from which I am the first creation that I'm born. But when God works what you can't see sitting in this room on the inside, that new creation is part of Christ himself. Now I'll throw you this third question. Think carefully. If you have received Christ, can that part of you called the new creation, sin. I'll let you chew on it. Can the new... All right. You say no. I'm just going to test your thinking out, all right? Just don't worry about the... Yeah. So your new creation can't sin. Why can't it sin? It's the Spirit of God and... He's never sinned. So this is what's crazy. I've got, when I'm born of God, I have part of God living in me in what sort of body? <laughs> I guess God must groan a lot <laughs> living inside of our bodies. All right. Who, can we do some more reading? Romans chapter 8. And then I have we'll... a fifth point, sort of question. So the... The principle of NCC, or the old one that got started, Bruce Campbell, he did this speech for us once, and he was sort of talking about this and talking about the fight 
and how there's like there's two lions and then they feed one lion more than the other and then they fight and he said which which lion is going to win and could you relate that to this where you go so you, like like he's talking about he's got two spirits whichever one you feed the most is going to be the strongest Yes, yeah. Well, let's read this part and it'll tie in with it. So, uh, Marnie, do you want to read the next part? Sure. Which one? Verse 1? Yep, verse 1, chapter 8. Hang on, hang on, just pause there. There is now no condemnation for those who are what? Now, what was your first creation? Where did it start off? It was in, who was the first person? That was, I was originally in Adam. And that's where my condemnation is, isn't it? Iris, all my condemnation is, I was part of that first man. But there is now... How much condemnation? Uh, uh, how much? Zero. No condemnation to those who are what? In. That means whoever's in this position has a new creation in Christ. They are in, in Christ. They belong, not just belong to him. It's far greater than belong. They are part of him. Part of him. Okay, keep going. Oh, just let's pause there. Let's, well, let's grab uh, the what's this saying. All right, I'm going to use you as an illustration, Oscar. What's ta- what's, look what's taking place. What God has done is that, is, here's the problem. Oscar, myself, is um, the law of God's good. But who's weak? Oscar's weak. So no matter how much the law of God comes against Oscar, it's only going to do one thing for Oscar. It's going to show his, show his sin and put him to death. The law's going to go, kill him. He's evil, kill him. He's evil, kill him, he's evil. So what the law couldn't do, so the law can't produce God's righteousness in us. So the more we try, I'm going to try to do good. That way I can be a good Christian. You're going to just go bang, 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 bang for flat face all the time. So what the law couldn't do, God did. Now watch what God does. Instead of Oscar being the one who does it, instead of the law being the one who does it, God sent his son. All right, so putting Oscar out of the way. There is one who comes who can do it. 
He can live out this life by his power. And he comes and he lives out this life here on earth. And he dies as a sin offering for, for Oscar. And he, God, takes this person who can, Christ, and then takes him and puts him inside of Oscar. That's how God can cause us to become victorious in our Christian walk. So then it is no longer I who live, but who lives inside of me? Christ lives inside of me. So if God goes, all right, you can't do it, Oscar. I love looking at, you've heard the story of Tamsin. Tamsin didn't want to become a Christian. She they had no desire to be a Christian. She looked at Christians and goes, I don't want to be a Christian. I have no desire to be a Christian. And yet she said, I know I received the Spirit of God because, because I desire what God desires. And I never wanted what God desired. I, if I had the choice, I would have desired, I'd still be desiring what I wanted to desire. And so you realize what? Tamsin was completely weakened in her flesh. She's weak in the flesh. God did by putting Christ in her. When Christ went inside of her, where did all these desires come from? She's born of God. Desires come. So what Oscar's weak in, God does by giving him birth, bang, to a new creation on the inside. But poor old Oscar on the outside yet hasn't received. He's, so you got Oscar on the outside and the Spirit of Christ on the inside. All right, how does this... Now watch what it says. It says, it said that those who are in the flesh... The mind of the sinful man, it said, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set. So here's Oscar. He's living in this flesh. This is flesh. If he's living in the flesh, he's got his mind set on what flesh desires. Now, take, take a look around us. Quick question. All right, Ryan. No, God says of every single person born of Adam, there is none good, no, not one. So you've got to think, when, you, when God's looking at somebody, he's not looking at it the same way we're looking at it. So when we look at somebody's goodness, we're evaluating goodness according to our, what we see as good. So if somebody said, does something... Um, unselfishly does something for the good of other people well they've done good whereas when God looks down at at um, humanity he is the standard of goodness and unless man is doing everything anything for the glory of God he isn't good so it doesn't matter how what things he does in our eyes that are good so if somebody can give 
thousands to the poor. Somebody can actually die for somebody else. Somebody can do good in humanity, as in from our eyes, they're doing good. And God looks on and goes, unless God is the center of all their desires, they aren't good. So God actually puts in this world only one person good. That is Christ. Except God. So it's a different attitude of looking at what's good. Mm-hmm. So that's hard to wrap Yeah. Wouldn't that stem from love, though? What's that? Those actions. Yes. And this is the life of God. That's it. The, what are the what's the two the what are the two greatest commandments? The the law. What it fulfills? Love the Lord your God with what? Find soul and strength. And what's the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself. These well, I think what Raph's saying is that someone who's not necessarily a believer doing something out of love. Yeah. Well, in that way, they are loving who? They're loving others. But what, was the, what is the first part of the law? Is always the first four or five commands to do with First of all, you will have no other gods. God is to be the very centre of the creature. So here's God looking down at this creature. <laughs> Poor old Oscar. He's just, unfortunately, that's why we'll move before. <laughs> God looks down at the creature. Adam, what did he really do wrong? God looks at the creature and says, you will have no other gods before me. Unless God is the centre of the creature's everything. God doesn't view the creature as good. In fact, he views the creature as evil. And you may think, well, that's not good. That's, that's Satan. Exactly what Satan is. When you see everything that Satan does, I'm sure that if you were to look into the demon world, they're not going, we're evil. They're going, we do good. We're pretty good. Because their spirit is the spirit that is in all the world. And they look at one another and go, hear what they're talking about us? <laughs> you know, we're all full of evil. And they're like, we're not evil. We're doing this for our good, all the other people's good. Whereas God looks at it all and goes, unless God is the center of the creature's affections, desires and hearts, the creature is evil. So really what we're coming to, Ryan, is how does God view things, not how we view things. Yeah. yeah. So non-Christians can't have a godly love for their wife. They can have love for their wife. They have love for their children. The no, Bible. godly love. To have godly love means God must be the centre of it. Yeah, yeah. So we, when we just use the generic term love, we are using it in a very earthly way. God's love, we, our love is polluted, even though we use the word love. All right, Our love is just polluted with all sorts of motives and reasons of why we love. Whereas with God, His love, there is no impurity with it. It is just completely without pride it's without self-centeredness in it it's complete purity and that's i guess the really difficult is 
I'm trying to teach us who live in which world? What were we born into? The only one we know is the one in the flesh. Unless we experience God's spirit within us, we talk of love. Yeah, I know what love is. We talk of all that. Oh, I know what it is. And God's like, you haven't got a clue what it is. And so we talk of it, and this is what I struggle trying to convey is, unless God gives us a taste of his spirit, we actually don't know what that means. We don't know. So basically I'm going to tell you something that it's hard to, hard to accept as a human being. God says there's none good. Yeah. Can I say something? Yeah. But um, there's, this t- <laughs> there's this TV show called Lucifer and apparently it's, I've been told it's pretty good. So I, 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 I went to start watching it and I'm like, they, they make him look like he does good things. I'm like, this is, this is crap. It's not, it's like not possible for him to do good things because he's the devil. And then how we're talking about like our flesh is like just has a spirit of darkness and our characteristics are the same as Satan. Yeah. And you still like possible for people to do good. Yeah. And like it's not not for the glory of God. Yeah. It's actually yeah. Basically, what you're seeing in this world today is what God calls the kingdom of darkness. So everything man does in this world, out without the Spirit of God, is the kingdom of darkness. So all that good that you're referring to is part of the kingdom of God, darkness. So unless God's Spirit actually works in somebody, the kingdom of darkness is we, we see as kingdom of darkness is, is it's only the evil things. It's only the lies, the cheating, the, the sexual sins. It's, it's the bad government. It's the murder. That's the kingdom of darkness. No, it's not everyone. Everything in this world run by man is the kingdom of darkness. The good and the evil <coughs> So that man rises in his wisdom and says, I can do good. I will do good. Man will sell great grand ideas to get the community doing stuff as a whole. And you're going, hey, that's really good. We're going to stamp out whatever. We're going to stamp out that. Who's doing that? Is it the Spirit of God? What is love? And it's like we're fighting for love, but we're not fighting for God. God is love. Then it's like this world doesn't know what love they're fighting for. That is exactly. See, we're using a generic term called love. And depending on who puts the who depending on who puts the definition of it, Raph, you've got a definition in your mind that you see as love. So does everybody in the world have a definition in their mind of what they see as love. doesn't matter. Our definition, this is that whole thing, you will be like God. In the very fact that you and I, and I won't use just you because I've got a definition of what I think love is in my mind. I'm setting myself up as God. I'm the one who defines things. And I'm the one who goes, no, that's good. And that's wrong. And I'll even pass judgment on God 
as to you can't do that and you can't do that. So you realize that in this world we have all of these people defining what good is, what love is, and then along comes God and says, God is love. Yeah, see, I told you. And what we're doing is we're going, God is love, my love. The one I define, that's who he is. And he's like, oh, what I'm saying I am is nothing like what you are talking about. So and we're also, we all have different motives. And then the Bible teaches that our own minds and our own hearts deceive all the things that we think. Yeah, right yes. Yeah. So depending, and see this is where the spirit of the world presses in on us. We find now we're battling. We're battling ideas of identity and sexuality and what's right or wrong. What? Why should, isn't it clear what God's, you're going, well, it's every generation, who's behind all the changing? It's the spirit of this world. So you once again, you see, it's very fluid, this kingdom of darkness. <laughs> it's very fluid, whereas God's, and that's why I say, unless, unless God's spirit actually works in us, it's not acceptable to God. Quick question again. Um, so, if there's no good in us, it's God chooses to put good in us? If Christ if is... We can't choose to be... If we don't have a good bone in our body, there's no way that we would ever... God. You're thinking. Mm. You're thinking really good. Mm. You're in dangerous ground to your own beliefs, though. Yeah, I know. Mm. But it's just, <laughs> it's just Keep not. thinking. Yeah. That's exactly what the Book of Romans says. That's exactly what the Book of Romans says. The Book of Romans says there is none good. There is none righteous, not even one. The book of Romans says, Paul says, there is nothing good in me, not in my flesh, not one good. Then what we just read, I'll just read it out to you again, just so you realize what is being said. It says, the mind that is set on the flesh or the mind that's of this old first creation is hostile towards God. It cannot submit to the law of God and will never be able to do so. So is this sort of the question that, you know how there's, there's things that we can't comprehend? Is this sort of something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, you've actually hit on something that I would encourage you to search and push the boundaries on it because it's like this if god comes along and puts in mercy gives you birth by giving you his spirit or putting christ in you a new creation then your desires all change your desires are now whose desires god's desires if God does now, now I'll take you to an actual person because what you'll be doing is going, I, I did it. I turned to God. I'll take you to the person who wrote this, the Apostle Paul. How did he get saved? Through Jesus. Yeah. 
What was he? What was he doing? He was off to kill Christians. He was off. Did he love the Lord Jesus or did he hate the Lord Jesus? He was hostile. In fact, everything in him was hostile. He believed Jesus was a blasphemer. He believed he was a liar. He believed he was a fraud. He's off to kill that sect called the Christians. No, go for it. You're you're thinking. You're thinking. Because with the the whole free choice thing, like yeah, the and then and then if God was to make it so that there's certain Christians that well, certain people that get His love, then the whole like He doesn't want anyone to perish wouldn't be a thing. I'll leave that leave that verse. I'll leave that verse second because very misunderstood verse. But I'll go to this one. Here is Oscar. The Bible we just read out said his mind. Sorry, Oscar. I should use myself, but he's, he's on a good night. Yeah. Put me through All right. So if Oscar's mind is hostile to God, can't submit to God's law, and never can, if the Bible says there's nothing good in him, there's not one good, not one, not one, not just Oscar. All of us. There's none righteous. There's none who seeks after God. No, not. One. All right. That's Romans chapter three. If that is the truth, if what God said is the truth, number one, what you think is free is not. Your will is in slavery to sin. You aren't a you aren't free person, you're a slave. I'm actually, the Bible calls me, under the complete dominion of darkness. That is the rule and the reign, and every single person born of Adam is under the rule and the reign. And I was condemned by one man. And I was condemned into absolute slavery of hostility towards God. So the whole Bible puts me in a terrible position of unsavability of myself, that I won't even desire God if I'm given, if you refer to it as a choice or free choice, I like to drop the free because you've got to define what that means. If you have choice and you're saying, choose, the Bible teaches me and what we've read in the book of Romans is that I am going to choose me. Just like Adam did, me. Me will come first. I will be the first before God at every choice. I won't be like Jesus, giving up my life for the Father, for the honor of the Father. I will do things for me. All right. So then how does it happen then that my choice changes to desire God? And this is where when you read the book of John, it becomes really fascinating. Because the reason why you must be born again of the Spirit of God is the only way you're going to desire and choose God. So if God's Spirit comes inside of you and you now, if by God, let's say, let's all right, just put aside, you, let's just say, if God in mercy, if God in mercy comes along to Oscar like he did to the Apostle Paul and just goes, he hates me, but I'm going to show him incredible mercy. He'll never choose me. I'll show him incredible mercy. I'm going to put Christ inside of him. 
And then Oscar goes, I want God. I want God. And then he goes, when, does, when do you start to go, God, I'm sorry for what I have done. The Bible is, says it's the Spirit of God. It's only then. It's the reason why somebody repents isn't because repentance happens before God comes into their life. Repentance happens because God has come into their life. Because God has come into their life, suddenly the person desires, I want choice. I want God. I want to do what's right. And I hate sin. What on earth just happened? And that's why the angels rejoice in heaven over a person who changes like that because they know how impossible that is. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. If God didn't give us the spirit of God, then everyone, and there was free will, and like we choose, then everyone before Christ would be cooked. Everyone after Christ would be cooked. Everyone would be cooked. We wouldn't choose him. Even if we had the same people before. So how did you say you come up with the whole idea of sin? Who? Sorry? I have no idea. <laughs> Pride. Right. Sin, sin came from knowing the law, right? Yeah. This one, so yes. If sin wasn't in, like sin was dead if there was no law. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like well, that's where sin sort of like sin's and, sin's there, all right. So it was there because I don't know, pull me up. Yeah, no, keep going, keep going. Yeah. So you were told not to do something. That's right. And you do it. So now you have sin because you did something that was wrong. So with the law, when like we were given the law, um, every man was condemned by sin because you can no one can upkeep the law. Yeah. So if we have to be um, holy and clean to be with God, like there was no there's no way. There's no way. Yes. 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 Uh, the only way. Now, for God to do that, no, I'm not going it's It rails it. Now, no, I won't go different places too, too deep at the. But, all right. Unless, yes, you're right. All right, let's go through how God does it. To the first man, Adam, it was a law. Don't eat from the tree. Along comes Satan and tempts him with, you'll be like God. Yes. Eve didn't understand what was being offered. Adam did. That's why he's accused as being the one who sinned. And the Bible says Eve was deceived. She did not understand the implications. But that man, Adam, knew the implications and he grasped for it. I will be like God. And he grabbed a hold of it. And this is what people find really difficult. You aren't ruined in your life. 
You are not ruined by your own sin. You were ruined before you were even born by that first man. So you talk about free choice. The only person really who had free choice was Adam and the rest of us are a slave. No, Satan had to say, Adam, Adam voluntarily took what Satan offered. Yeah. So he would have had to voluntarily go away from that. And then... Because the, the yes. whole thing that I'm struggling with is if God created all this, he would have known that this is a problem. And I've sort of not gone back as far as that. I sort of take it back to when Satan came into it. And I sort of pieced it all together that God has to have this whole process to clean the world and then make a new world. But if there's wars in the new world, it's going to end up the same as this world. No, no. Watch what, all right. Watch what God does. Now, this is where it blows your mind when you understand what God did at the cross. And it's, we use just simple language, but you understand what happened. You just go, oh my goodness. I can, the world will never be ruined again. All right. So go back and understand this. Everyone, listen, everyone. What the questions um, Ryan is asking is really good. What you can't afford to do is go to human reasoning to understand God. You cannot go beyond what the Bible says. If the, and you, once you hit Satan sinning, some Christians, and to me, they enter into a world of dangerous ground because they go, well, where did Satan sin? God knew beforehand, so really yeah. God was the one. It is written in the Bible very clearly that God is not tempted with evil and neither does he tempt any man with evil. If God tempted Satan to sin, God is responsible for every rape, every lie, every murder, everything, because by the entry of sin into this world, the world is in a condition of darkness that would make God darkness. So, yeah, so what you've got to do... free choice thing came... It's not, really, See, it's not God listen, us that choice. Listen, the whole terminology that's thrown around in Christianity of free choice is not in the Bible. It's something introduced by people. It's actually, I'm going to throw this to you for to you to think on. It's actually what Satan offered Adam. And it's called independent choice. It's not free choice. It says, I will be the ruler of my own destinies. I will choose. I will choose my destiny. And see, when you ask the question about Jesus, did he have free jo choice? Jesus, do you have free choice? He's like, do you have independent choice? He's like, what sort of question is that? I only do the will of my father. What choice do you have? I only have one will. It's not my, not my will, his will. So the perfect creature, the creature that's actually holy is the one who goes, not my will. So when, when people fight for free will, they don't actually realize that they're actually fighting for what Satan offered Adam. God, Jesus goes, no, it's the opposite. The person who's perfect is the one who goes, Not 
You, can you see the, the yeah, conflict? Yeah, yeah. So you realize that just that's why I battle with all the time. I hear free will like, you don't know what you're battling for. You don't realize that you're battling for what Adam clung so much and grabbed. I want independent will. I want to choose. I want to be the one who chooses my destiny. I want to be the one who chooses my... And God's, Jesus goes, no, my will is to do the will of my Father in heaven. That is the perfect man. And that's the man that God goes, now there is a perfect man. That's the creature. Yeah. So everyone here, God is bringing you from a place of going to a place of you're in control, you're, you're God. So even if we can't understand some things, understand, we know that our, we are following Christ in actually giving up this whole idea of independent will to being God, have your will. And this is where the creature becomes in line with God in, a, in the way that he ought to be. Now going to... I really want to sing and pray, to be honest. Just, I'll, I'll throw you just to show you what God did. His, his, my good friend over here, full of, he's ruined. He's ruined. He's absolutely ruined, all right? He's been ruined. Um, but in order to save him, God has to make this person perfect. I mean, I don't mean forgive him his sins. That's not enough. God can forgive Oscar and the next day what's going to happen? Oscar's going to sin again. What's God going to do? Oh, forgive him. So the whole of history goes on with Oscar's not changed. What God has to do is far greater than that. Oscar has to have a new nature, a nature that's perfect. And then God's pleased with him. Well, there's only one. And this is where if Adam was who ruined us, then God came up with the design of creating a second man. Jesus is called the second man. So let, let me finish and then you'll see what I'm getting at. So the whole design of Christ coming into the world was for the purpose of making people's nature absolutely perfect before God and then God can accept them. So if God, in his wisdom, wants to take Oscar and go, I am going to make Oscar 100% perfect in nature. I don't mean one tiniest defect. And he grabs Oscar and goes, because he's God, I can, he can do this. I'm going to take Oscar and I'm going to put him into my second man, Christ. Bang. In the same way that he created Oscar in the first man, Adam. I'm going to put Oscar into the second man, Christ. He's perfect. There's no sin in him. But I'm going to put Oscar with all his sin in him into that first man, Christ. That second man, Christ. So now this sinful nature of all of Oscar's gone into Christ. Where, where is the wrath of God gone then? It's on to Christ. So if Christ then dies with Oscar in his body, he fulfills the law of God against Oscar by putting Oscar to death in the person of Christ. But Christ isn't just a perfect man. He's united to God. So Oscar being put into Christ is not only 
got rid of his sinful nature by being killed in Christ, he's united into God. He's reconciled to God in the person of Christ. So when, the, when Christ comes out of the grave, that's called the new creation, the new man. That's the person, the resurrected Christ, is what is given into Oscar and the nature of this person is perfect. So if God gives, has, has given this gift into Oscar of a new creation in Christ Jesus, God, Oscar can never, eternity on end, fail. None of God's creation can fail because it's actually been joined into the Godhead itself, something Adam wasn't. Adam was a separate person from the Godhead. So you realize what God has done. Just goes. Just, you just. That's good. That's good. Just, I've thrown you stuff that's huge, just enormous. But when your heart gets full of it, I really pray for you all. Even though you have huge questions about this, well, what has God done? I used to look at this and go, how dare God? choose to do this and that and I hated it I anger and then when God showed me what he did by putting us into the person of Christ it's like fall on your face and it's like I thank you for mercy it's like why me it's not man I'm 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 no it's why me showing mercy Uh, yeah the way I'm not coming from the side of that God has done sin, but I'm just trying to understand on because I know that he there's no way that he would have done sin. So I'm just trying to grasp on how the whole why did he do it? No, not huh? why he did it. How, how did he get did it? there? How did because the like I know it's really it's not really a question that really matters. Really, it does. Like from the side of like, well, it's hard to, it's hard, but like basically where I'm coming from is like, well, oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. No. I'll just pray about it. That's, no, no. <laughs> what, what you do is, is, is what will be happening is what, I, I know exactly what's going on because I have been there. I've grown up with being taught a certain way of how God loves and how God has done this salvation, all right? And then I hear, and God starts, when I, God started giving me revelation, and I was in confusion because I'm trying to understand what God is showing me from, from a position like, everything I understand is true. And what I'm hearing and seeing He's conflicting. It's like, Lord. But but you realize what God is doing is pulling you out of your understanding and purifying it, changing it, realizing that even today, I know that when I get to heaven, it'll be like, oh man, I didn't get that. Oh, fair dinkum. So many things I didn't understand. All right? Don't think you understand the gospel. No, I don't. Don't think. Think. Realize that you are on a journey of constantly seeking after God, saying, God, give me more understanding. What did you do? I want to understand it more. 
So you'll be coming and there'll be confusion in the middle as what you think to be true gets challenged by what God says in his word. You know, well, I'm just, yeah, the yeah. whole thing that I'm coming from is there's just so many different parts in the Bible and like, it's just, I, it's probably my way of understanding those parts that's probably put the whole twist on everything. Yeah. But it's just all trying to work it out as in harmony. Yes. For it to work in a timeline on how it all happened. Yeah, yeah. And how, because like, yeah, before tonight, like when you were talking about how the, how, um, how God is going to cleanse the world and make a new world, that all made sense to me. But then it's sort of, and then I've sort of thought about back, back in the very beginning when he had the idea of creating the whole thing. Like he would have known that this, Oh, he yeah. would have. That's the thing. He yeah. would have known. But anyway, let's leave it there tonight, eh? Yeah. That's that's good. Fantastic.